Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter two called Seeing with a Prophetic Eye. A proud look is a manifestation of what? A proud heart. The proud look of man will be abased. The loftiness of man will be humbled, 11. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is what? Proud and lofty. And against everyone who is lifted up that he may be abased. And it will be against the cedars of Lebanon, part of creation here, that are lofty and lifted up against all the oaks of Bashan. Here are the exalted things of creation and even things made by humanity. Notice the flow. Against all the lofty mountains, against all the hills that are lifted up. Remember the high places. Against every high tower and against every fortified wall. Against all the ships of Tarshish and against all the beautiful crafts. Human pride is made all these things, the walls, the towers, the uh, ships, the large ocean-going vessels, prized objects. But when the day of the Lord comes, what will happen? To all the prized objects of man, to, to man who has ignored God and filled himself up with all the material stuff, what will happen to all his prized possessions, his, his boats that are pulled on into the dock, his, his cars, all that stuff? What's going to happen on the day of the Lord? The Lord will judge by what? Fire. John, I like that. Bye-bye. <laughs> and the pride of man will be humbled. And the loftiness of men, 17, will be abased. And the Lord alone, notice the repetition, will be exalted in that day. But the idols, those worthless things, vain idols, will completely vanish. And men will go into caves on the day of the Lord of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and before the splendor of his majesty when he arises to make the earth tremble. Did you feel the mountains tremble? And in that day, notice what the men will do with their idols. Men will cast to the moles, the NIV says to the rodents and the bats. I would imagine they're doing this in the caves where they're hiding. Their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they have made for themselves to worship. It appears that when they go into the caves from the glory and splendor of the Lord, they will take their idols and give it to whoever the rat is. <laughs> Here, take this. He's really holy. Oh, please let a rock fall on me right now and hide me from the face of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? And notice in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty, that's the revelation of his glory, when he arises to make the earth tremble. Now hold your finger in Isaiah and go to Revelation 6. John is giving us the sixth seal of Daniel's 70th week. He begins to show us what will take place in the sixth seal preceding the seventh seal, which, by the way, is the day of the Lord, at least in my view. 
And here's what he says in verse 12, Matthew 6, 12. Excuse me, Revelation. Too much information in the brain, sorry. Revelation 6, 12. And I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And the sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the what? Wrath of the Lamb. There will be a day when Jesus comes back to judge. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Go to Matthew 24. That's why I had Matthew in my head, huh? Matthew 24. 29. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Matthew 24, 30, Jesus is talking. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the earth will what? You mean they're not going to be rejoicing when he comes in all his glory and splendor? They will mourn. Right in your Bible, Revelation 1, 7, where it says uh, every eye will see him. Just cross-reference that one. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky. I don't believe these are rain clouds. I believe this is the Shekinah glory of God, by the way, with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they, the angels, will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Keep in mind Revelation 6 when it talked about the figs. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. I would submit to you, Bible students, that when you see all what things... All the things in Matthew 24. All the uh, seals, Jesus talks about every single one and it matches perfectly with Revelation 6. When you see all these things, if you're part of that generation that sees these things happen, the unveiling of the seven seals, truly I say to you, that generation, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Here's what people don't know. But of the day and hour, no one knows. It doesn't mean you won't know the season, by the way. It just says the day or the hour. No one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. And then he'll use the illustration of Noah and in another gospel, the illustration of Lot. There is going to be a time and here's how I think it will happen. The day of the Lord will be coming. The, the sixth seal will be the darkening of the sun, moon, and stars. 
And then will appear the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the sky. If all the other natural lights are out, then guess what the only light that's shining is? The glory of the Lord. You ever been to a fireworks show and went, ooh, ah, pretty. Well, this is going to top them all. It'll top them all. Because his glory will illumine a darkened sky. And the world's not saying, uh, I wonder what's going on here. Is there a lightning storm? No, the world will say, hide me from the Lamb. Because the great day of his wrath has come. They will know exactly what it is. And Jesus uses two illustrations. I'll throw it out quickly. One is Noah, one is Lot. What happened with Lot? Sodom was about to be destroyed. The angels came. Remember Jesus said the angels will, will grab the elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. I think that's your rapture, by the way. And the angels came and said, Lot, you need to get out of town. God's going to destroy this place. He can't destroy it until you're out. Because Lot was a righteous man and his soul was vexed every day by the unrighteous behavior of these men. So the angels pulled Lot out and his wife and I think a couple of daughters. And when they got out, what happened? Fire and brimstone rained on the city. When Lot was put into the ark, what happened? The Lord shut the door and then the fountains of the deep burst open and the judgment of God came. Here's the, the theme. Did I say lot? Man, I'm just messing up. Thank, you guys are so good, though. You're correcting me. Noah, for anybody listening to this tape, Noah was in the ark. Not Moses, not lot. Anybody want to come up here? <laughs> A lot of animals, thank you. That's where I was going. No, I wasn't. <laughs> So what was my point? Oh, um, I was on a roll until that happened, you know? And the, the illustration is that just as Lot was taken out of Sodom and Noah was shut into the ark, judgment came, but right before judgment came, the righteous were pulled out. And I think that that's what you're going to have in, the, in this last day. You're going to have a, a, a very close connection between the two events, and I'll just... Leave it there for now. And so, let's go back, and we'll finish up in Isaiah. So in light of this future, the question is, why do you live like you live? And for I, the time of Isaiah, for his people, Isaiah's basically saying, why do you guys do this? The Lord said, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. And God said, you're going to keep on pleading with these people, but they're not going to listen. Their hearts have become hard. Scarcely do they hear with their ears. Scarcely do they see with their eyes. The hearts of this people have become hard. And Isaiah's message is, Lord, you gave them so much light. And even Isaiah says it. Have you ever been there before? Just don't forgive them, Lord. Don't forgive them. They don't deserve it, right? Forgive me. And so there's an ending verse that you need to see here. In light of all this, Isaiah 2.22 says, Stop regarding man. Do you know why we get caught up with the things that we do? Because we regard man more than we do God. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%, and because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations, where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help, too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Do you know why we get caught up with the things that we do? Because we regard man more than we do God. Because we are trying to keep up with what man says is important, or we we don't want to do too much in our Christianity to offend man or whatever. And God says, stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils. Who breathed the breath of life into his nostrils? God did, Genesis 3, and he was made out of the dust of the ground. That's all man is. He's just made of dust. But he was, it was breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, but it came from God. And so God is in essence saying, Why do you regard man more than you regard me? I'm the one that gave life to you. So stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils from God. For why should he be esteemed? It's as though God is crying from heaven and saying, would you get your priorities straight again? Now, I don't want to leave you with the bad news. I'm going to take you to, I'm going to end with the good news. Go to Revelation 21. This is the city. From the fate of the evil who will be destroyed if they don't repent, the coming of the Lord, there will be a paradise that follows. Eden will be restored. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there is no longer sea, any sea, 21-2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband, Revelation 21-3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He shall dwell among them. They shall be his people and God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. 
for the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water, the water of life without cost. And he who overcomes shall inherit these things. I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers, a lot of the things that we've looked at in Isaiah 1 and 2, and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come, come here and I shall show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit into a great and high mountain. Remember Mount Zion. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. And it had a great and high wall with 12 gates and at the, tw- the gates 12 angels. And names were written on them which are those of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. Brothers and sisters, the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel are on the gates. God has not abandoned the nation of Israel. I mean, it's clear. Their names, the names of the tribes are on the gates of the new city, the new Jerusalem. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south. This is the future of Israel. This is why they have hope and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the 12 names uh, of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Not sure if Paul or Matthias will be the 12th. I know that's debated. And the one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. And the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as 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 great as its width And he measured the city with a rod 1,500 miles in length and width and height. It appears that we may be able to travel upward in our resurrection bodies, our equal. And he measured its wall 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. They have the same ruler, apparently. (laughs) And the material of the wall was jasper. And look at this. And the city was pure gold, but it was like, clear glass. And then you have all this description, refracted uh, different colors, seemingly all the colors of the spectrum are in the city. Look at 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Here's your pearly gates, by the way. And by the way, they're guarded by angels, not Peter. Although I joked when I taught on this that Peter may have a desk right behind the angels. I'm not sure. And each one of the gates was a single pearl. You've never seen anything like this. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. I think this is stuff we've never seen before. And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. I'll let you wrestle with that from Ezekiel 40 through 48. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of the Lord has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. It appears that he will radiate there. And the nations shall walk by its light. 
and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed. Don't have to lock the doors. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing clean, unclean, nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. This is Eden restored, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his bondservant shall serve him. And they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall no longer be any night, and, there sh- and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. And some of you are saying, can this be true? It sure sounds too good to be true. And whenever you see something like that, you just keep reading. And he said to me, these words are faithful, and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show to his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. You've been listening to Seeing with a Prophetic Eye, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 2. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of the Living Truth app, it's a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Bible studies, family events, and of course, worship services. If you're out of the area, the Living Truth app has a lot for you too. You can watch and listen to Pastor Michael's latest teachings. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about seeking things above, about kind of raising up or rising up above the minutia or the norm or the worldly stuff. How do you see with spiritual eyes? You know, we used to sing a a song back in the day, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. Paul actually uh, shared that thought in Ephesians chapter one in a prayer that our eyes would be open to who we are. In Colossians 3, Paul talks about seeking things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews 12 talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus. These metaphors are all over the Bible, and they're intended to say that as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you keep your your head down in Bible study and prayer, as it were, you keep seeking things above. The Jews would often pray, looking up to the sky. Jesus even prayed this way. Uh, it's the idea of being so in connection with heaven that everything in your life, what you do evangelistically in giving and serving is simply an overflow of that relationship. And that's what it's all about, to see with a prophetic eye. In this case, uh, it's a little different for Isaiah. We 
want to see with a prophetic eye as we stay in the Word of God and understand who He is and what He says in His Word. Well, it's the end of the year and it's Christmas time and we've been telling you that Walk in Truth is at 31% support. That means our listeners are supporting about one-third of the overall cost for radio airtime for this program. And we would love to see that grow because the more that that grows, the more we can extend our reach, not only on radio stations, but even in podcasting, but we would like to be in more areas and on more stations. And if you'd like to partner with us, there's a couple of things you can do. You can give an end of the year donation at walkintruth.com. Click on the donate button, walkintruth.com. Or you could become a monthly partner. Now, if you're a monthly partner, you could also consider maybe raising that amount um, so that you know we can have more help And we can be on mission together, reaching other people, getting the good news of the gospel out. They say about one-third of the listening audience on a typical uh, Christian radio station is unchurched or unsaved. Think about that. One-third of our audience doesn't know the Lord yet or is not plugged into a church. And so— I would, I would just encourage you to be praying about if the Lord would have you give and partner with Walk in Truth. You can go to walkintruth.com and do that today. Click on the donate button, or you can always call 844-48-TRUTH. God bless you. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 3 called Taking Away and Creating. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.